All right, everybody, welcome back to week five now of the LBC 2024 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan White, and we're uh, excited to jump into the text this week. We're continuing, uh, this is our third week now, looking at uh, the fall and original sin and God's judgment, and we will wrap up the discussion of those topics this week um, with Psalm 51 and Second Peter chapter 3. Uh, and then next week we'll be moving on to uh, begin looking at God's covenant promise to Abraham. Uh, we're, we're leading up to that point and we'll get into that next week. But today, again, we're going to look at uh, Psalm 51, which is really, I think, a very special psalm. Um, you know, we often think of the, the psalms as uh, uplifting, uh, you know, praise and worship songs, honestly, is what we kind of view most of them as. But this one is really a, a psalm of repentance. Most of you all are likely familiar with the story of uh, of David and Bathsheba. This psalm is written um, really in response to that, right? Where uh, King David looks out uh, across uh, the way and sees a woman bathing on her roof and, and lusts after her and desires her uh, and then orchestrate things, orchestrates things so that he can uh, um, have relationship with her and, and does so. Uh, and then we see the fallout from that, right? Bathsheba conceives and is uh, with child of David uh, his her husband is is out in in battle, and David just conspires to bring about this man's death ultimately to uh, conceal the sin that he has committed against him and against God. And that we see now in Psalm fifty one uh, is David's repentance of that, and it really is is a is a great picture of what repentance uh, should really ultimately look like, right? So really, what he's doing is David is showing us in his act of repenting here, he's showing us the fallenness of, of humanity right through his own brokenness. He's showing the reality that all of us are sinful ultimately from birth. Um, and that's what he kind of is arguing for here is he's describing his sinfulness. He's arguing that his sinfulness has been with him uh, even since the beginning, right? In verse five, he says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. So it just goes back to this idea that through Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden, that their sin and the consequences of that have been passed down even through child after child, through generation after generation, ultimately through all of humanity, right? That's the argument here, that that sin is with us even in our mother's womb is what David is suggesting here. But what's beautiful about that uh, is that we are not left in our sin, right? David understands that repenting of sin leads to something, right? And then really what he's showing us is that for those of us who have sinned, who have experienced the consequences of our sin, the only thing that we can or really should do is appeal to God for his mercy to be poured out uh, on us and that God's mercy is the only hope that we have in the light uh, of our sinful nature. And what David is, is really crying out for here in, in verses one and two, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So what David is wrestling with here is not only the the sins that he has committed, but the guilt that he feels in light of the sins that he has committed, right? we Again, if you know the story, you know the guilt that he wrestles with, not only for his sin of lusting, but then the following sins that are committed to cover up that sin, right? And he wrestles with this guilt. And this this crying out of of repentance of of begging for God's mercy is effectively trying to to blot out the guilt that he feels right that's that guilt is attached to the sins that he has committed and we we know that from our experience as well right when we sin against God and against our fellow man like we feel the guilt 
of that. And the truth of guilt is that we can know that God has forgiven us of the sin and still experience that guilt because of the, the things that we've done, because of the sins that we've committed. And we can feel guilt in our relationship with others, but we can feel guilt in our relationship with God as well. And that guilt will ultimately really destroy you from the inside out, right? That's the lie that Satan wants to to tell us, wants us to believe that if we're in Christ, we can we can know that we're forgiven, but he still wants that guilt to to drag us down, to hold on to us, and really to to overwhelm us. I've used the uh, the analogy before. I, I I enjoy watching nature shows. Some of you all may uh, enjoy those as well, but you know things like Planet Earth or something like that. Um, but if you ever watch one of these shows and you see the way that like a lion or a, a, a like a big cat kind of predator. The way it attacks its prey, right? It, it first like uses its claws to like just kind of nip at its leg from behind. You know, uh, he wants to slow it down because the lion knows that the, the you know the antelope or whatever are, are faster than than it is. So he has to work at it to to slow it down. He gets little nicks in on its legs, ultimately to make it harder for the antelope or whatever it is to to run away. And soon, you know, not just is it getting its legs, but it's getting like its upper hips and, and part into the torso and those places like that. And really, before you know it, the lion is so overwhelmed, this animal, with, with these gashes from its claws that now it can just completely uh, overwhelm it and ultimately, you know, kill it and eat it as, as its meal. But that's really what guilt does to us, right? It starts out just taking these swipes at us. And before we know it, it's just completely overwhelmed us and affected every area of our lives until ultimately it destroys us. And we live not in the light of the grace that we've received or the mercy that we've received from God, but we live in the weight of this this guilt and the weight of our sin. Church Christ didn't save us so that we might stay in our guilt, right? He saved us to set us free from that. And crying out in repentance, as David is doing now, is the way we continue to receive this mercy, right? Repentance is always aimed at restoration. That's the goal of repentance. We don't turn from our sin just to continue sinning, right? We turn from our sin so that we might be restored in relationship with God and in relationship with others because sin always leads to a broken relationship, whether it's our, our breaking our relationship with God or our relationship with others, right? That's what sin does. David had experienced that. David had sinned against Bathsheba. He had sinned against Bathsheba's husband and he had sinned against God. Ultimately, really, he sinned against all his people as their king, but that gets into even a further uh, level of brokenness. And and sin, really, that's what it does. It breaks relationships. And repentance is the way that we can work toward restoration, right? When we repent of our sin, our goal is to always restore those broken relationships, both with God, that vertical relationship with our Creator, and with our fellow man, that horizontal, horizontal relationship that we have with others. And the beauty of this is that God is always more merciful than we are sinful, right? We can never sin so much that God can't pour out his mercy lavishly on us. And he desires to do that. That's what's so great about God, right? He doesn't want to leave us in our sin. He doesn't want to leave us in our guilt. He desires us to experience the goodness of his mercy. And his mercy is always more, right? That's what we sing. Uh, Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. One of my absolute favorite songs. Uh, And it's such a beautiful truth, right? That even in the midst of the sin and brokenness and darkness that we see, even in David's life as he repents in this psalm and even in our lives, right? We recognize our own sinfulness, but we can always trust that God's mercy is truly more than our own sinfulness. So that's Psalm 51. I hope it's an encouragement to you. I hope you really see the, the really the reality that we are all sinful by nature, but that God made a way for us not to remain in our sin, right? He left, he made us, he made a way for us to be restored, to be reconciled in relationship with him 
and with others. Next time we'll be back to look at 2 Peter 3 as we get a little bit of New Testament reflections on the flood and that brokenness and how Christ has worked uh, to bring about that reconciliation. So looking forward to speaking with you next time. Until then, God bless.